friends, welcome to Sci-Fi Science Comedy Debate. Thank you for trudging through the rain, the hail, the storm, and making your way uh, to the howler tonight. Um, thank you for coming. Um, as you might know, the kitchen's down. Who's ordered Uber Eats? Give me a cheer. I'm just, I'm fascinated to see how this is going to go. I'm just really, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to work as a team, you know? I hope, I'm just imagining every hapless Uber Eats driver coming in and just like, <laughs> burger. <laughs> and the, the 90 of us in this room having to figure out all together whose burger that is. But, you know, we're a team. Are we a team? <laughs> Great. We've got two teams for the stage tonight. Um, they're not going to cooperate under any circumstances. Um, who's been to Sci-Fi before? Make some noise. <laughs> Marvellous. Good. If you haven't been before, this is the deal, pretty much. Um, we bring together some of the sharpest minds in science and comedy and make them debate serious issues in a silly way. That's, that's it in a nutshell. This is our 30th ever Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> proudly contributing to the scientific discourse in no way whatsoever. So thank you for keeping us running over all of these years. Uh, my name is Alanta and yours isn't. So I'm your host and I'm your adjudicator tonight. It is my job to make sure that we have a good, clean fight. Now, the topic tonight, uh, we are debating whether or not bodies are horrible. We might all be a bit biased coming into the room on this topic. But, you know, if we're all trapped in these soggy tubes and humours, I am sorry if anyone's already managed to get their Uber Eats. Um, <laughs> but we stumble from one potentially lethal encounter with either gravity or toxins or radiation or, more recently, the air to the next. You know, there's not a single branch of science uh, that can't immediately conjure a litany of methods uh, which can destroy a body. You know, you look at physics, you look at chemistry, botany, even astronomy, all of the science is out to get us. How did we survive this long? The whole body system seems to be designed by a committee of committees on a Friday afternoon before a long weekend. <laughs> no one's ever looked at the prostate and considered nominating it for a design award. Every now and then, though, they are capable of greatness and of beauty and they sing and they dance and they laugh and they come to the howler and they tell silly jokes. So maybe, maybe we should forgive their shortcomings. Uh, but here to expose the corpus horribilis is the affirmative team. Please make some noise for Rangi De Silva. Rangi De Silva to the stage. <laughs> Matthew Snelson. And for good measure, another Matt, Matt Stewart. And on the negative, it is team body positivity. It is Ebony Chirachi. Ben Volchok. And Kirsty Weeback. We have six debaters. That's the right number. All right, we might check in first with our debaters to see how they are. We'll go, start with you, Rangi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You can even use the microphone if you want. I'm good, thanks. Marvellous. <laughs> um, Rangi, you work with babies a lot. Uh, what's your favourite thing that a baby does? 
I have to say breathe. I'm always very relieved when they breathe when I pull them out. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded sweet and was actually so much darker than I originally was. <laughs> well, welcome back to Sci-Fi. It's super great to have you. Matthew. Hello. <laughs> welcome to Sci-Fi. This is your first. It, it is my first time here. I'm very excited. Very good. Um, how do you hope, what's your hope for what, how tonight turns out? That we all keep breathing. <laughs> I, I'm seeing a theme develop. That's great. Welcome to our second, Matt. How are you? Very good. Thanks, Lana. Ha- thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to I, have you. I uh, love babies that breathe as well. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, when was the last time you debated someone? Uh, I was thinking about this. I, the last debate I was in was in primary school in like 1994 or something. Okay. It was about uh, Queen... Elizabeth II, even back then, and uh, I was debating that uh, she should stand aside, and I lost, but <laughs> 30 odd years later, <laughs> I came out on top eventually, so there you go. You're just playing the long game. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Welcome to Sci-Fi. We might throw over to the negative team. Um, Ebony, we'll start with you. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Sci-Fi. How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling good. Excellent. Um, look, you've got your, your fingers in a lot of pies, you do a lot of different things with your life. What uh, skill from your life will you be most drawing on tonight, do you think? Not crying under pressure. <laughs> People underestimate how important a skill that is. Yes, very often. <laughs> well, welcome. I will Thank all you. work with you to not cry under pressure. Ben, Hello. welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is your first sci-fi as well. If sure you, is. If you could be anywhere in the world tonight that was not on a stage at the Howler, and I mean this is the best place to be, <laughs> where, where would you be? Uh, I'd say probably at the back of the room at Howler. Um, <laughs> shout out to the back of the room. <laughs> Woo! There's um, your people. I still would debate though. So. <laughs> <laughs> that does not apply to you uh, at the back of the room. Don't take any encouragement. Kirsty, welcome back to Sci-Fi. It's been thank you. It's been, it's been a long time. Yeah, it feels recent, but I realised there was a cheeky pandemic between now and the last time. Yeah, a couple of years. A couple yeah. of years on the shelf. <laughs> you have had a huge year. What is the best thing that's happened to you this year? Uh, sorry for the earnest answer, but I got to <laughs> film my uh, first ever stand-up comedy special. So probably that. Nice. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, don't applaud, it's out next month. Uh, applaud after you've seen it. Um, <laughs> could be a real shit show. Outside of that, um, I recently got to be a guest on um, Matt Stewart's brand new podcast. Who Amazing. knew it was Matt Stewart? I've given him a, I've given him a plug. <laughs> Wonderful podcast. Go and check it out. You're welcome, Matt. You owe me 50 bucks. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, when you hear the laughs across Brunswick when the special comes out, you, can, you know it was because of tonight. Um, all right, now for the rules of sci-fi. If this is your first time at sci-fi, you have to have a lovely time. Sit, go on, treat yourself. Um, the purpose of tonight's debate is bodily in generality, not in specificity, so no attacking the actual bodies of your opposition. This is a reminder to both teams not to defame or ad hominem your opponents. Um, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Each debater has eight minutes. Uh, if people go longer, I will start singing my humps, my humps, <laughs> my lovely lady lumps. Keyword, and- lovely. Thank you. 
and I'm going to do it to like a bossa nova kind of... It's not going to be good, so don't make me do it. Um, it, is said, it is to be said that all bodies keep the score, and the bodies keeping score tonight are all of you fair people. At the <laughs> Give your bodies a clap, you know, you feel like... half-hearted from some of the claps. What are you you doing? (laughs) Um, At the end of the debate, you will be called upon to make a cheer for the side that you believed was the superior debating team this evening. The instrument measuring the volume of your applause is my ears. Yes, it's not scientific and no, I am not changing it. So, on to our first speaker for tonight is Rangi De Silva. Rangi is a science nerd with an undergraduate degree majoring in anatomy and physiology. She's now a medical doctor who looks at women's bits and babies for a living as an obstetrician and a gynaecologist. And I do believe some people in this room have had Rangi assist them in their childbirth. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) That was was bordering on (laughs) philosophical... If one mother claps in a room, everyone hears it. That was great. We can talk more about childbirth later, and we will. (laughs) You've seen it. We can talk about that as well. Uh, At the bar with several stiff drinks after this show. Marenghi is also trying to become a double doctor with a PhD focused on improving women's health in the Pacific. She also has a little human of her own less than a year ago, and is also a mum to over 100 plant babies in her spare time. Wait, she has no spare time anymore. Please make some noise for Rangi De Silva! Thanks, Alanta. I'm a little shorter, so let me adjust the mic. Now, as you heard, I am a bit of a science nerd and a doctor. So you might expect me to talk about the obvious times when bodies are horrible, which is when they're diseased and not working properly. But I'm only going to touch on that tonight because there are actually many ways that the body is truly horrible, even when it's working properly. Tonight, my teammates, Matt and Matt and I, will run you through how our bodies are poorly designed. Gross. Unfair. Gruesome. Gory. Mean. Inefficient. And downright stupid a lot of the time. Now, Alana started with a question with babies, and I'm going to start about talking with, about babies as well. As she said, I tend to hang out, out around a lot of them in my profession, and I've had one of my own less than a year ago. Yes, they're absolutely adorable. But unlike most other mammalian newborns, they're completely helpless and can't do anything for themselves. Baby giraffes, horses, yaks, and even guinea pigs can walk within the first few minutes of life. But the baby human body is still figuring out how to clear its lungs of mucus, hence my relief when they breathe, and learn how to take their first breath at this point. It takes them weeks to hold their head up, months to learn how to take their first step. How is it useful for a new member of the human species to be completely dependent and vulnerable to predators for the first months of its life? Very cute, but useless. (laughs) Babies are definitely poorly designed. Moving on in the next stage of life to the massive changes that the body has to experience to become an adult through puberty. Now, I don't know a single person that has had a pleasant experience during these years. I don't know if any of you guys remember the movie Puberty Blues. 
but it was my school's answer to sex education. To summarise the movie and puberty in a few highlights, really, I think it boils down to pimples, periods, body hair, boobs, changes in body proportions, awkward first sexual encounters, all huge developments that wreak havoc on our self-esteem and body image and call for an altogether unpleasant time. The human body through puberty is simply gross. Now I'll get on to my area of expertise. A few aspects of how the human body is horrible for the ladies. It's amazing that 50% of the population have to bleed from the uteruses every single month. For most people, this is pretty gross and inconvenient, at the very least. For many people, it's extremely painful, despite all the possible drugs you can take. And for some people, they can lose so much blood that they have to put towels down on their bed, and every night their bedroom might look like a murder scene. Not to mention the huge side effects of hormonal changes that happen every month as you go through your period, which can actually cause clinical depression and anxiety for some people. Get this. There's actually even a rare condition called catamenal anaphylaxis, where women have a severe allergic reaction to their period. Now, I'm not talking hay fever and sneezes. I'm talking face swelling, hives, can't breathe, call triple zero type anaphylaxis. So they actually have to carry an EpiPen around for that time of month. Even if they don't have a period and bleed because they're on medication, the hormonal changes still cause the allergic reaction. That's pretty terrible. Another fun byproduct of periods is endometriosis. Some of you might have heard of this. But for those of you who don't know, this is where the cells in the uterus that are meant to come out every month are a little bit stupid and get lost on their way out and find their way into other areas of the pelvis. Then they set up camp and they spread and they cause a lot of problems. Many people experience this and have incredible pain and it can be quite debilitating. Now, we've made some advances in helping women deal with their periods and endometriosis over the years. Yay for hormonal contraception. But it's still pretty horrible that 50% of the population has to exsanguinate from their vaginas every month and go through all the other lovely things that we've discussed just to have a baby. A woman's body is pretty horribly unfair and mean. The one time you don't have your period is when you're pregnant. Yay! But no, not yay. Yes, you get an amazing little human out of it, and most would say it's 200% worth it. But don't believe those Instagram posts from the wags and the mums in their active wear with their pregnancy glow. It's not fun. It's bloody hard. It is amazing that we can grow whole humans in our bodies. But what we have to go through is pretty horrible. And I know, because this is what I do. There's the intense tiredness that comes as a parasite is draining all of your energy and nutrients. There's also the incredible nausea and vomiting that happens in the first few weeks. And for some, like me, it lasts for the entire pregnancy. Then your body is growing and changing faster than it's ever done so. And you end up carrying another 10 or so kilograms of baby, placenta and fluid around, which is pretty painful. Painful on your back, painful on your pelvis even the vagina, and you haven't even had the baby yet. All births are amazing, but they're also pretty traumatic. 
The baby has to get out somehow, usually through a very small hole, whether that's through the vagina or through a massive cut in the abdomen. It's painful. Whatever way you do it, it's bloody, messy, gruesome and gory. Bloody being the operative word. Many an item of clothing and pair of shoes has been discarded by me over the years after being drenched in blood and amniotic fluid. Many a partner has ended up on the floor in the corner of the room or rocking in the chair because it's quite traumatic to see their patient's bodily, their partner's bodily fluids all over the floor. It's traumatic to see a patient's bodily fluids all over the floor as well and to see their partners in such distress. In fact, on a very serious note, many women still die in childbirth all over the world, hence my topic of my PhD. And it's amazing that something that has to occur to continue our species is still so horrible on our bodies. It's the very reason why my job exists, because pregnancy and birth can be dangerous and gory. Then we eventually stop having our periods and we go through menopause. Yay, no more bleeding every month. But no, again, not yay. <laughs> when women go through the change, a term I'm sure that was coined by a man to hide the fact that it really just sucks. We not only lose our periods, but we also gain hot flushes, dry skin, lose our hair, mood changes, depression, insomnia, loss of libido, and vaginal dryness. As if our vaginas haven't already been through enough. Menopause is horrible and unfair on our bodies. And finally, our bodies, as they age and become closer to death, can be pretty horrible. Anyone who's seen any loved one's age will know that slowly having our bodies fail us, losing our eyesight, hearing, flexibility, agility, mental capacity, and becoming decrepit until we die is quite sad. But it's an inevitable part of being human because our bodies are horrible. So to summarise, human bodies, even when they're functioning as they should, through every stage of life, particularly for women, are horrible. <laughs> Thank you. Rangi the Silva. I don't think there is a good Uber Eats meal to be eating uh, <laughs> during tonight's debate. What did you get? I should, have, I should have given you a warning before I started talking. <laughs> what did you get? Burgers. Burgers? Nice. All right. I, I, hope they, <laughs> I hope they go down well. Yeah, it is traditional. Before we move on to our next debater, uh, firstly, exsanguinate from the vagina is the best sentence so far tonight. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to see if anyone beats it. Um, in science news this week uh, that no one is pleased about, scientists witnessed bacteria and fungi working together in the mouth to crawl across your teeth. That's good. I mean, we all love an unlikely animal friendship. But not this one. <laughs> The usually sedentary bacteria, Streptococcus mutans, uh, who are no longer bound to just the whims of where your saliva goes, uh, they hitchhike on the arms of the Candida albicans, just moved by leaping across 
from one tooth to the next, which is just great. It's good to know that's happening. Working together, both the fungus and the yeast are better able to hold on to your tooth as well, um, which makes them better at like, withstanding your brushing and your flossing, like a tiny malignant Spider-Man <laughs> in your mouth. Um, within hours, these two pathogens binding, scientists caught bacteria jumping to substrates 100 microns away, more than 200 times the length of their own body, which is no good. Um, maybe one single advantage of bacterium is that they usually are where you left them last, you know. <laughs> um, when asked if there was an upside to these evolving microorganisms, the scientists just shrugged and said, surely at some point of their evolution, they'll be complex enough to start charging them rent. So... <laughs> Not much to it. Uh, our first speaker for the negative is so much more than a multicellular collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Takes days to write those segues. <laughs> by day, Ebony is an overworked and underrested PhD candidate, and by night, she is an overworked and underrested show pony. Ebony's PhD looks at developing assisted reproductive technologies like in vitro fertilisation for a very small and very cute Australian marsupial, the fat-tailed Dunnart. Is that how you pronounce <laughs> Spot on. Points to me. Um, if you look hard, you'll also find her loitering at the Science Gallery Melbourne, but please don't tell her supervisor just how much time she spends there instead of the lab when the sun goes down, you might find Ebony teaching cheesy retro dance classes, performing as drag king Basil Bush, or looking for a cosy little nook to sneak a nap. Please make a welcome to the stage, Ebony Zirachi. I think the microphone could have stayed low. <laughs> Bodies. Let's talk about bodies, shall we? First of all, I, I can actually very much relate to the endometrial tissue taking a bit of a detour because we all have gotten lost before, I'm sure. And we have smartphones. So... <laughs> Rangi is an obstetrician and a gynaecologist and has the audacity to tell us that bodies are horrible whilst delivering children. What about the tiny baby bodies? Are you going to tell me that they're horrible? Rangi. <laughs> Rangi's helping both the tiny bodies and the bodies that actually made them. The bodies were made by bodies. It's a never-ending and beautiful, self-perpetuating cycle of life. Bodies manufacturing bodies. Isn't that awesome? Every single one of us in this whole room hung out in a womb for nine months while we went from a sing single tiny, pathetic-looking cell into a mass that's grown limbs, a heart, lungs, fingernails, and a whole entire brain, and becoming what eventually is recognisable as a body. And this whole process is supported by another body, by our parents' body. If you don't think that that's glorious, then I don't know what to tell you. I may as well just stop talking. You can stop listening and go home. <laughs> and what Rangi alluded to and actually almost made this argument for me. But humans are not the only beings that possess bodies. <gasps> I know, shock, horror. But how naive, how humanistic to think that humans are the only bodies. Now, as a certified zoological scientist in training, I can confirm with scientific evidence that animals do indeed also have bodies. 
And I believe that it's my job tonight to bring to your attention the vast array of animal bodies in the world, none of which are horrible. In fact, they may be the furthest bodies from horrible of all. The sheer diversity alone counteracts that statement. You can't distill animal bodies down to a single descriptor. And with that, I'm arriving at my first argument, that evolution is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, cheer for evolution. <laughs> In the closing statement of the evolution book itself on the origin of species, Charles Darwin remarks that from so simple a beginning, endless forms most beautiful and most wonderful have been and are being evolved. And you know, for all of his old white guy fallacies, <laughs> the dude was kind of right on this one. The processes of natural and sexual selection that lead to the evolution of new species is pretty astounding if you think about it. From cats and dogs to elephants, fish, birds, bugs, body forms adapt and change over thousands and thousands of years to suit very specific and sometimes just downright bizarre surroundings. Now, if I were to stand up here and tell you about all the evolutionary wonders of the animal kingdom, I think I would need a bit more than eight minutes um, and probably everybody else's eight minutes as well. So let me just enlighten you on just a couple. I'll start with a classic just to dip the toes in and, and ease you in a little bit. Giraffes. If we didn't have the internet and you hadn't seen them before, I doubt you would even believe that they're real. A horse with a long-ass neck to reach the tippity-top leaves on a tree, and as the leaves get higher, the necks get longer. I mean, come on, that's awesome. <laughs> and how could I not give an honourable mention to literally all birds? I mean, first of all, they fucking fly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... With plumage that could make even the most elegant and sophisticated and, and cashed-up burlesque babe jealous. Although everybody knows that birds are drag kings. <laughs> That's just a given fact. Anybody seen the Jacobin pigeon? Maybe not. If not, get your phones out. Look now. These feathers scream, my rich husband just passed away from mysterious circumstances. <laughs> There's the Wilson's Bird of Paradise with neon alien brain cap and a 2010-era moustache as a tail. There's the red wifle bird with little pom-poms on its face and these long tail wires that look like they should be plugged into a socket. And of course, how could I forget the shiny black rifle bird that fully shapeshifts into a spacecraft just to impress a suitor. As if flight wasn't enough, they really come out here with all of that. But now, don't even get me started with marsupials. You know, kangaroos, possums, Tasmanian devils. This is a, gr a group that is obviously near and dear to my own heart. They give birth to tiny little jelly bean looking babies that then sit in the mum's pouch until they're big and strong. That's right, folks. Marsupials have pockets. <laughs> Built-in body pockets for their tiny little babies and the tiny little baby bodies. Tell me that that's horrible. I'll wait. We pay a lot of money to put pockets in things, and they just have them. <laughs> so endless forms, yes. Most beautiful, also yes. But horrible, no, not even close. And now it's at this point that I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works. I'm going to take a sharp left to return to our own experience in living in a body. You know, this old meat sack that carries around our brain, right? Well, wrong. Now, I'm going to get real with you, Hallow because I know this is a safe space and all of you strangers are going to have my back, right? Right? 
Thank you. I've spent far too many years hating on my body to let any local comedy science debate bring me back to those dark times. My therapist has also pocketed a hefty sum over the years, and I don't intend to give her any more. <laughs> so while the affirmative team may dance with the devils of body hating, I'm in my body positive era. It's my hot girl summer, and that's hot. Because bodies are beautiful, all of them. And you know what little tiny fact pulled me out of that shitty mind space? is because bodies let us do so much fun shit. You want to do some sports? Your body's like, heck yeah, let's run. Let's throw a ball. Let's pick up that heavy thing. You got it, kid. You want to relax? Put your feet up. Elevate some of your outermost bodily extremities. Go for it. There's no better feeling. You want to spend all night on a dance floor at a warehouse rave swaying and bopping to some underground indie electro house? Go for your life. Although your body might be a little bit angry at you in the coming days. Knitting, drawing, painting, sculpting, bodies, hands, opposable thumbs. Did I mention that evolution is fucking awesome? Anyway, in conclusion, bodies are not horrible. They're cool and they're fun. To argue that they are horrible is boring at best and triggering at worst. Thank you. Ebony Chirachi! Some body fans in, I see. All right. Okay. We can work with that. Um, Beautiful. Uh, In more science news this week, a study out of Brazil found vegetarians experience twice as many depressive episodes as meat eaters. (laughs) Controversial, I understand. While the, like, while the Wagyu beef burger here at the Howler is a truly life-changing experience, um, the study was quick to point out it's not the nutritional intake that is responsible for the varied mental health state. Analysts actually suggested being depressed, you're more likely to turn to a meat-free life. Uh, nothing will get you down more than a documentary about what happens in a sausage factory. I personally was unable to eat another chicken nugget uh, in high school after I heard that they actually grind up the entire chicken for the the chicken nugget. Um, But, you know, maybe on a more upbeat note, that's not wasteful. Maybe that's exactly what the chicken would want, (laughs) given a very limited range of alternatives. (laughs) The study concluded that it was the social ostracism that really gets vegetarians down. The study was in Brazil, where meat is mainly the, the national pastime to eat. Um, one of the <laughs> so, if you know a vegetarian, please be kind to them and give them a hug. Our next debater <laughs> didn't know that was controversial. <laughs> Maybe less socially distanced hug. Uh, Dr. Matt Snelson is our next debater. He is an improviser, a musician, a dietitian, and a scientist. He's currently working at the Department of Diabetes at Monash University, where he's investigating how uh, certain foods affect gut leakiness and why this is important for diabetes. He really likes avocados. When he was 12, he had sushi for the first time, and he thought the wasabi was avocado and ate the entire spoonful. So... Let's see if it has had any long-term effects on him tonight. Please welcome to the stage, Matt Snelson. Woo! 
thank you. And shout out to anyone that has ordered chicken nuggets tonight. Um, that was interesting. Um, I mean, and Ebony, you know, she told us lots about animals, which makes sense, you know, because she's a certified zoological scientist in training. There's, um, in training, kind of, kind of takes away from the certified a bit. Like, if you got on a plane... And the plane, the pilot came on. It's okay, guys. I'm a certified airplane pilot in training. Might be a bit worried. Um, but, Evan, you don't get me wrong. I can see, you know, you're a very good writer of fiction. <laughs> but uh, we're here today to discuss facts. And when it comes to facts about the human body, maybe leave it to some medical professionals. Um, Matt's can share degrees. It's fine. Um, Guys, it's been a big year for me, a big year. This year, I got my first Bluetooth headphones. Um, Sure, we can applaud that, why not? Um, And prior to that, I had been using these. And I've been really resistant to getting Bluetooth headphones because I thought, you know, these work fine. I mean, most of the time. And sure, like the left headset, you have to hold it at the right angle and they always get tangled and then I have to untangle them and my fingers like start to pinch and it's really a pain. I'm like, it works, it's fine. And then when I got Bluetooth headphones, I realised just how horrible these things are. And this is our body, because it works fine, because we don't know any better. But the moment you start to look around, you see the other options out there, you realise that we've really gotten the short end of the evolutionary stick. Now, I'm involved in gut research. I do think that the guts are fascinating. You know, you have six metres of intestines inside of you. And in terms of surface area, if you took that and spread it out flat on the ground, you'd die. Um, (laughs) But before you died, you'd realise that that covers an area the size of a tennis court. Um, And I really think that this could spice things up at Wimbledon. A tennis cord of intestines, now you use that to absorb everything from your diet. Protein, carbs, fats, micronutrients, water. It's, uh, you're all set. Your intestines seem pretty good, right? But, you know, then your body comes along. Hey, so you like intestines, do you? Yeah, yeah, that you know, helps me absorb all my nutrients. Ah, oh, you like intestines so much, tell you what, I'm going to give you a little five centimetres extra. Uh, Nah, I'm pretty good. I've got like six metres, I think I'm set. Nah, 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 you're going to love it. Special this bit, call it the appendix. <laughs> oh, um, what, what does it do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But it can get infected, explode and kill you. <laughs> nah. Nah. Nah, I'm not good. Extremely painful appendicitis, excruciating. Which reminds me, I should get you some tonsils. Um, now, that's a tonsils are actually a useful part of the immune system. Tonsils are great; it's important we have them. But appendixes are not, um, and most animals don't have appendixes. Uh, monkeys, cows, sheep, goats, horses, dogs, cats—the list goes on. It's a horrible design flaw with no purpose. And it's an example of why our bodies are so horrible. Now, our intestines, I said, they're six metres long. But as I have been um, assured repeatedly, it's not the length that matters, um, rather, <laughs> but rather what it does. And a fascinating thing about our guts is that they have their, the number of neurons in them. 
Like they've got their own, you know, like second little brain down there with their own feelings. And it turns out that often it's quite a moody little bitch. Um, irritable bowel syndrome, grumpy guts. It really gives you the shits. And our human guts, they're so, they're so precious, delicate, sensitive little flowers when it comes to what we eat. Gluten, oh, I couldn't possibly. Lactose, oh no. Too many FODMAPs, oh, I'm going to soil myself. And you compare it to, like, dogs. Like, they can eat whatever they want. Leftovers they find in the park, they're fine. And now, you know, man's best friend, dogs, they can get IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, but it's really, really rare. Meanwhile, about 15% of people get IBS. Um, To put that in perspective, you have more of a chance of choosing a person at random in this crowd and they'll have IBS than you do of opening up a packet of M&Ms and randomly picking out one and it's yellow. And hey... Maybe a yellow M&M you could give to that person. You've made a new friend. I mean... (laughs) Unless they're one of the 11% of people who have asthma or 10% of people with a food allergy because that yellow food colouring tartrazine in people who are sensitive to it actually makes their asthma or allergies worse. And yes, dogs can get food allergies too, but it's 0.2% of dogs, like hardly any. It's not so much a dog-eat-dog world... It's more dog-eat-whatever-the-hell-they-want-because-they-don't-have-a-shitty-intestinal-system. Uh, <laughs> Candidly contemplating our canine companions, you comprehend our cantankerous, crotchery, crabby colons are comparably quite crummy. <laughs> um, now, Alanta mentioned it before. I am a dietitian, And um, I'll be honest with you guys. It's, it's not all the fame and glory that you think it is. <laughs> There's those inevitable questions that I always get asked. I'll be at a party, on a tram, at a quarterly science comedy debate, and someone always asks, What's your favourite vitamin? (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite vitamin? (laughs) I feel like I'm an auctioneer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you. There's a lot of, um, lot of fans of the day. <laughs> um, let's talk about vitamins, because I, I find them really interesting, and I love the fact that they were... Um, the term vitamins, it was coined by a guy called Dr. Casimir Funk way back in 1912. That's right, Dr. Funk. Up there with Dr. Dre and Dr. Feelgood in the Cool Doctors Club. Dr. Funk, he was working away one day in his purple velvet leopard skin lab coat... And he discovered that thiamine, which is chemically, it's an amine, and what we now call vitamin B1, this thiamine was able to prevent or cure a disease called beriberi. And from this, he came up with this idea of vital amines, or vitamines. And soon after that, we found other vital compounds, which weren't amines, but the the name stuck, and that's why we have vitamins today. Um, And I want to talk about one in particular, vitamin C. Uh, You may have heard of it. Do you, do you guys know what happens if you, as a human, don't get enough vitamin C? Scurvy. scurvy. That's right. Scurvy. Scurvy. Just the feel of it in your mouth. Scurvy. Ugh. Um, it's because vitamin C, it's an important building block of collagen. Like, it literally helps to build you. And if you go a couple of months without it, you literally can't build yourself. You know, your skin starts to break apart. Your gun starts to break apart. That is only if you are a weak, pathetic human. <laughs> 
because most mammals, they can make their own vitamin C. Humans lost their ability to make vitamin C somewhere along the evolutionary tree, which puts us in the loser group with fruit bats. <laughs> and, you know, maybe if you're a fruit bat, that's okay, because what's that? Oh, your last meal was fruit, and what's that? Oh, your next meal is fruit, and what's that? The meal after that? That's going to be fruit. Losers! This seems like a good point to bring up my long-standing feud with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. <laughs> because of the term, you scurvy dog, it's not scientifically correct. Dogs can make vitamin C. They can't get scurvy. Please um, go online, sign my petition... to get movie studios to start using the more scientifically correct term, you scurvy guinea pig. <laughs> Our human bodies are truly a tangled, barely functional mess just like these. But it's only by comparison, by comparing these to Bluetooth headphones or our bodies to blue healers, can you realise how horrible it is. And if you don't realise that, then you must be barking mad. That's right, I'm ending on a dog pun. Thank you. <laughs> Matt Snelson. Uh, you have all been very well behaved. Uh, the only heckles have been vitamin related, so <laughs> that's a pretty good sci fi by my book. Uh, it is 8.10 now. Let's have an intermission. Come back at 8.30. Uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. Debaters, can I have some of you, if not all of you, on the stage, please? There's a lot of talk going on in the green room. Um, some people are bullying Ben to try and get him to tell them what he's going to talk about. There's some chips being shared. There's facts about fruit bats. Debaters! Come onto the stage. If, maybe if you welcome the debaters back. This isn't a social event. Exactly a social event. Welcome back. Uh, did we have a nice intermission? Do you have a good time? Uh, has anyone ordered food and not got it so far? Yes? Oh, you guys. Yeah. What, are you, what, what did you order? Gyoza. Gyoza? Am I saying that Gyoza? Gyoza? Sorry, Goiza. You are never going to see them. <laughs> What did you order? Bow. <laughs> bow. All right. If anyone sees some gyoza or bow, can you please bring it to the stage? Uh, one of the, I've, never, I've seen it written a lot, but I've never said it out loud. What a time to have to do that. <laughs> I, I should have just said a hamburger, but <laughs> you all would have seen and, you know, what, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
it's okay. Then it's you've learned. You've had a, a dark room full of people tell you how to say gyoza. Every, everyone. Does anyone feel confident that they know the correct pronunciation of gyoza? Gyoza. You come to sci-fi to learn. You really do. Thank you. I think that was good. It sounded very Japanese. It is Japanese. I'm doubting everything now. Okay, good. All right, we're going to move back onto the debate. Our, our second speaker for the negative is Ben Volchok. He is an award-winning writer and performer from Melbourne who makes funny things across a number of media, including stage, audio and print. He's also a research assistant in the linguistics department of the University of, Mal of Melbourne, looking at the sounds we make with human mouths. Here to tell us more about it with his very own mouth, please make some noise for Ben Volchok. <clears throat> Dear colleagues, adjudicator, audience, bar and technical staff. And the other team. <laughs> I am the most beautiful man <laughs> in the world. Of this, there can be no doubt. I have been scientifically tested. The scientists who measured my net beauty found their results totally and wholly conclusive. There was no margin of error. Such was the accuracy and fervour of my grandeur. A p-value of zero. Which, if you know statistics, which it sounds like many of you do, is both very impressive and indeed impossible. And yet, I have achieved this. <laughs> if you can call such effortless brilliance an achievement and not simply a fact. They wrote reports and published papers and confirmed the repeatability of their studies, which they did simply by staring at me on multiple occasions. My eyebrows, the envy of the Louvre. My left baby toe, 
of the utmost heritage listing. My appendix. Said to cure even the worst poisons in the world. They say that if I stand in a museum, I will be bought in milliseconds and enter a hidden collection for fear of usurping my worth. As a result, I do not stand in museums. Artists used to study me, but would inevitably kill themselves. From the knowledge they would never capture the ethereal essence of my stunning corporeal form. (laughs) However, I never posed nude because if I undressed, I would blind your eyeballs with the majesty of my body. The aura emanating from my naked form would melt the retinas of crowds of up to a thousand miles or meters away. Whichever is bigger. (laughs) And you sit there and say that bodies are horrible. (laughs) Rangi, you who deliver them into this very world, you are either a hypocrite or supremely evil. And whichever it is, I do not wish to listen to you. Matt. Interesting. Not. You will never join the cool doctor's club. I did, and I'm not even a doctor. You talked of periods and the blood they produce. However, you forget the body that this serves the most. The body of Dracula. (laughs) We heard that bodies keep the score. Well, they also hit the floor. Maybe your bodies are horrible. That is between you and your bodies. And that's fine. Don't make it about everyone else. My body is not horrible. It is a work of supreme cosmic alignment. We heard from Ebony, the first speaker, about the miracles of evolution. And I would say that my body is a miracle of evolution. But there is nothing miraculous about destiny. And my body is a destiny of evolution. It is the pinnacle, the peak. All others before and since pale in comparison. However, they are still beautiful. They are not horrible. It is just that I am more beautiful 
than them all. And certainly by logical extension, less horrible. And specifically, more beautiful than you three sitting up here and spreading hate in a society that already gives us much to hate ourselves for. You three gloating at your co-conspiratorializing with the entire scope of human media advertising and standards of appearance. I can at least state categorically that my level of beauty is definitely unattainable. <laughs> However, these endless parades of pandering bodies on commercial TV channels, these bombastic insults on cityscape placards, or as I like to call them, billboard baggings, <laughs> which do already so much harm to our perceptions of self by tricking you into thinking you could ever be like them if you just purchased their desperate novelties are demons from the fires of hell, unfit even from, for spitting on, which is something you do with the very body that they wish you to despise. Because despising leads to yearning, and le yearning leads to spending, and spending leads to the continuation of the cycle of demons who furnish you and growing richer and richer by the very second while you scramble to labour in the bottomless mines of capitalist drudgery to earn but a penny enough to furnish yourself with the false solutions to the false problems that they have manufactured. Yes! They have manufactured the problems and the solutions. And all so that your burned-out bodies can churn out more gold to line the pockets of these corporate consumerist demons. And you are doing the demon's work. You may think, by the way, that these demons have really contorted and twisted features and the like, but they are also beautiful. You can't get me on this one. Even demons' bodies are beautiful. I will stand by this. However, they are still demons. And you have internalized the messages of these beautiful demons and continue to externalize them, forgetting that you are doing so with the power of your brains and the power of your lungs, squeezing the air out through the vibrating vocal tracts, bending into shapes and frequencies through the tongue and oral cavity, creating elaborate combinations of sounds with decipherable semantic content and out into a myriad of ears which decipher the semantic content which you have for no good reason decided to use to belittle the majesty of bodies. <laughs> the very things you are using to belittle bodies with. Beautiful bodies, you beautiful fools. Beautifuls. <laughs> you who have a limited sphere of time upon this earth, granted through mere chance and chaos, once the sand runs through, runs through the hourglass, that's it. We're through and we become the sand that runs through the next hourglass. We grow from the earth and return to feed it. Rangi, even death is beautiful. An empty, soulless body that cycles back into the very atoms of energy that formed it. And you choose to use this brief breath of life to sit there and then stand here. 
one at a time, which at least have the decency to get up here all at once and get your pitiful mockery over and done with. You stand here one at a time and ridicule the finite physical realm we have been granted to experience so much beauty, such as triple waterfalls, <laughs> such as when you get double mushrooms, like the two mushrooms that are stuck together as one mushroom, <laughs> like conjoined twin mushrooms, and such as me, the most beautiful man in the world. Whom you can see now with your eyes, which are part of your bodies. And if you can't see, then you can feel the aura and presence of with your bodies. And if you can see, then you can see and feel the aura and presence of with your bodies. And so I stand here in pure beauty and let's face it, wisdom. And I implore you all to nurture the feeling of truth of your own beautiful bodies. There is enough judgment and excessive bad opinions of the physical form in the world for you three to contribute so malignantly, maliciously, maladroitly, maladaptively, malcontentedly, Malcolm Turnbull <laughs> to. And while there is enough judgment, there is not enough time. Shut up and enjoy your bodies. And enjoy my body. <laughs> free from blame, free from shame, free from needless needling and finger wagging. The same finger, by the way, which is a beautiful part of the beautiful body, which you use to contribute to beautiful acts such as flicking a beautiful piece of beautiful booger. <laughs> across the room, away from you after beautifully picking your beautiful nose. And indeed, beautifully picking your beautiful nose. Also, the joy of painting with your finger. The joy of pressing a Bluetooth headphone connection button with your finger. And who can forget, of course, the joy of blasting with your finger. <laughs> All beautiful, beautiful acts undertaken by beautiful, beautiful bodies. Embrace your wonder. Tread lightly through the passage of the journey of your lives with this flesh, skin, bone, organ container we call our body. And some might call a meat sack, but how good is meat and how good are sacks? <laughs> you, you must learn to accept the, and all right, I admit, maybe beautiful is a stretch, but certainly not horrible enclosures of intricate biology, which we call bodies. I certainly have done this. I have achieved the peace and love towards myself and my form that I wish upon every single one of you out there, and in particular, you three up here who so clearly have some unresolved, unrealistic understandings <laughs> about your inner and outer selves. And it's simply imperative that you accept this beauty. You are enough. You are enough. Say it with me now. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough! <laughs> and I know that I have accepted this. But then again, it was easy for me. <laughs> because I am, after all, the most beautiful man in the world. Thank you.
can say what you want about Ben. Uh, that was entirely rebuttal proof. <laughs> We're going to move on to our third and final speaker for the affirmative, Matt Stewart, which he may have a way... Good luck, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Matt is an award-winning Melbourne-based comedian, writer, actor and director. In 2014, he won Royal Comedy and has performed sellout shows across Australia and the UK since... Matt also co-hosts the popular actor award-nominated podcast, Do Go On, and has has had millions of downloads from fans across the globe. Peace be with you, Matt Stewart. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I wish I was not following uh, Ben. Um, (laughs) It's uncomfortable to follow Ben. Normally, I'm coming up as the most beautiful person you've seen for the night, but... um, Unfortunately, not, not tonight. It's distracting. Eyes up here, please. Um, so I'm here to sum up the argument that bodies are horrible. And I don't think this is a difficult argu- argument to make. Bodies are horrible. Mine, theirs, yours, all horrible. Horrible bodies. If I told you your bodies were horrible, would you hold them against me? What a horrible thing for me to say. (laughs) Well, not me, that was my mouth. And I think we all know that the mouth is basically the spokesperson of the body. I didn't say it, my body did. Horrible, right? (laughs) I don't don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Is this kind of what I'm meant to be? I don't have... Like everything I've got here, I'm not confident in any of it. <laughs> I almost feel embarrassed uh, to be on this team. We are so overly qualified for this. Uh, as an example, we've been emailing each other, and I have a, I've noticed our, our email signatures, and they're pretty stacked. Uh, I don't have to tell you which one's which. I don't think we need to gloat or assign credit or whatever. Just collectively, these are our email signatures. Uh, one of ours has Bachelor of Science, MBBS. Whatever that is. Franz Cog. <laughs> Mr. Med. It's like a talking doctor horse, I guess. Um, PhD candidate. Let's vote for them. Um, consultant obstetrician. I don't know how you have... Or one, whoever of this it is. I don't know how we have time for all this stuff. Uh, gynecologist and perinatal scholar. That's one of us. <laughs> Another one of us. It could be any of the three. <laughs> Improviser, scientist, musician, gut researcher, diploma of brotech. No, biotech. Stacks up, though. Similar. I imagine similar things. Uh, also, Bachelor of Nutrition. Um, so they, they're, they're the... The signatures at the bottom of an email. I think a lot of smart people here, you would have seen these before. The third one, one of ours, uh, <laughs> the signature reads, this email was sent from an iPhone 5. <laughs> so, pretty, imp- pretty impressive collectively. I think, 
you'd have to admit. This whole debate seems unfair. We've got the easy side of the argument. Clearly the correct side. Bodies are horrible. This all feels like stealing candy from a baby. And as we've already heard from Rangi, babies are horrible. They're ill-equipped <laughs> for the world. How easy would it be to steal a candy from them? <laughs> easy. And that's, that's what it feels like we're doing tonight. It doesn't feel good. But that's just how it is. And think about this, babies, as far as humans go, they're literally our latest model. <laughs> they're our brand new cutting edge technology and they suck. <laughs> literally. If, if, that is assuming they can make a, a proper nipple seal or whatever. But, and honestly, even that's beyond a lot of them. They're horrible. They can't walk, they can't talk. And on the other side of our debate, they're going to try and tell you that they're not horribly designed. Come on. At best, they're looking through rose-coloured glasses. At worst, they are willfully misleading you. And for what? To win a comedy debate? <laughs> for shame. <laughs> Honestly, I know these people and I'm disappointed. Let me remind you as well, all these lies that they're espousing are coming out of their mouths. <laughs> Part of their horrible bodies. Uh, Matt, from the uh, correct side, talked about our redundant organs, like the appendix. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure what's more redundant. The appendix or Ben Volchok's meandering speech about his um, admittedly beautiful body. <laughs> I'm so far out of my depth. By the way, Ben, <laughs> by the way, you said your beauty had a p-value of zero. Well, I think the people who came up with that forgot to correct for false discovery rate. He had to write that out phonetically for me. Um, <laughs> Ebony, you'll remember right back to the start of the night, Ebony suggested animal bodies are not horrible. Well, I'm guessing she has never had to pull out a rotting possum corpse from a roof cavity. I haven't either, admittedly, but I imagine... I imagine it'd be, it'd be quite unpleasant. Like, you can picture it, it'd be horrible. Ebony suggested we were being self-involved, focusing only on human bodies. Well, I'd suggest that she was being a bit animal-centric. <laughs> there are other bodies out there, Ebony, and they're all horrible. <laughs> Body corporates. <laughs> so overbearing, am I right? Um, bodies of water, too wet. Tone it down a bit. They're sopping, if I was going to describe them. <laughs> I don't, like, this is jumping all over the place. <laughs> Christians believe that the body was created in God's image. That's about as high a praise as you can get from people who believe in God. 
But even they reckon we ditch our bodies to rot on earth while our souls party it up in heaven. Why? Because even Christians agree with us. We've got Christians on our side. It's one of the more powerful groups. I don't know what that means. Really, this feels too easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Little horrible fish bodies, their arguments, are floating at the top of the barrel. This debate. You understood, but I thought I'd... Pew, pew. (laughs) The fish, their arguments, are dead in the water. A body, a a wet place. It's a barrel. I don't know what. I don't know where that saying comes from. There's a who shooting. Why, why are the fish in the barrel? <laughs> Hopefully, Kirsty can explain. Because I have, I have no idea. Can't wait to find out if Atlanta thought this is what I was meant to do. Or <laughs> hey, speaking of guns, the American Gun Lobby Group, the NRA, are also a body. Anyone want to argue they're not horrible? I didn't think so. In conclusion, to paraphrase Vanessa Amorossi, absolutely everybody, everybody, everybody is horrible. Yes, we're talking in the whole wide world. Maybe even beyond the world. I don't really know what a celestial body is, but I'll tell you this much. Like all the other bodies, they are horrible. The defence rests, Your Honour. Matt Stewart. I don't know if you're the affirmative you are, the defence, but that's fine. We're we're flexible here at Sci-Fi. We're on to our final debater for tonight. Are you ready for our closing arguments? Kirsty Wieback, so far in 2022, she's nationally toured her immensely popular show, Silver Linings. She's appeared at the opening night of Comedy All-Stars Super Show. She's toured her with the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Roadshow and performed at the Sydney and Perth Comedy Festival opening night galas and her 2022 television appearances, not to be confused with her 2021 television appearances, have included SBS Celebrity Letters and Numbers, ABC's Question Everything, just for laughs on Channel 10. She's also appeared on The Project. She's a real slacker, is what I'm getting at. Would you please make some noise for our final debater for tonight, Kirsty Weebeck! Oh, thank you. Nearly took out some bodies with the mic. <laughs> Jesus, thank you so much, Alanta. It'll be nice to get this uh, debate back on track. I don't know, though. It was nice to be involved in Matt Stewart's fever dream. Um, we, we all shared that moment together. Actually, on that, I'd like to share a little bit of my speaking time um, with Matt and invite him up to explain the false discovery rate to us all. <laughs> Anyway, it's an honour and a privilege to be here. It was uh, beautiful that my body just transported me from my chair 
over here so I could share some of my consciousness with you. That's uh, anything but horrible, I think. <laughs> Appreciate that, three people. That was lovely. <laughs> um, it's almost redundant at this stage, me being up here, but I did tell Elantra I would, so here we go. Um, first cab off the rank. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> Shame on you, affirmative team. It's actually quite disgusting that you even accepted this gig (laughs) on the affirmative side of such an argument. In this day and age, a day and age, as my teammate Ebony stated, where we're striving for body positivity and we're trying to encourage people to love themselves. And on that note, before I really kick off, I would like to let each and every one of you on the opposing team know that I love each of your bodies. (laughs) Thank you. Um, They're going to complain about that later and I don't blame them. (laughs) Now, I'm going to start off with a bit of rebuttal, uh, some targeted rebuttal, if you will. Uh, Rangi, you started off by saying that uh, you described bodies as gruesome, gory and stupid. Now, is this the language of someone you trust to formulate an objective stance or whether, on whether or not bodies are horrible? I think not. As my esteemed teammate Ben also mentioned earlier on, Rangi is bringing these disgusting bodies into the world. Hypocrite or evil, you be the judge. But more to the point, what are you doing at a comedy debate this evening when there are bodies out there waiting to be helped? <laughs> Who's bringing the bodies into the world this evening, Rangi? You're a monster. (laughs) Rangi also mentioned that no one on the planet has ever enjoyed puberty. I beg to differ. When I hit puberty, Rangi, I got to stop doing PE when it suited me. (laughs) Nothing better than a male PE teacher. I got to learn how to use foundation to cover up pimples and I also formed a borderline unhealthy obsession with Ranger Stacey. (laughs) What a lovely time. (laughs) Also, uh, Ebony also mentioned uh, your stance on the endometrial cells. You mentioned that they're stupid for getting lost on their way out of the uterus. I beg to differ. I think they're smart and they're simply trying to escape. All who wander are not lost, (laughs) Rangi. (laughs) Furthermore, uh, can we trust the views of a person describing the beginnings of a new body as a parasite? I think not. Now, these are all just the musings of a human being who is clearly jaded by the loss of many a pair of shoes to errant amniotic fluid. Am I right? (laughs) Now, uh, Matt, Matt number one, highly suspicious having two Matts on your team anyway. Um, So, Matt number one, if that's your real name. (laughs) After sledging uh, my esteemed first speaker repeatedly, you said that you were going to be introducing some facts to the discussion. Uh, You never mentioned anything about presenting eight minutes of inane ramblings (laughs) about Pirates of the Caribbean... Tennis courts, guts and fruit bats. Next time, please warn us. (laughs) Now, I'd just like to note that Matt is a very late adopter of Bluetooth headphones. (laughs) 
I don't mean to brag, but I've had mine for many years. <laughs> However, better late than never, Matt. And this also gives me some hope that at some stage you might adopt some healthy attitudes towards bodies. <laughs> you banged on incessantly about intestines. You seem to have some sort of an aversion to the appendix as well. And I'm not here to kink shame, Matt, but you seemed a little bit too enthusiastic about the intestines for my liking. Also on that, thank you for bringing up tonsils, Matt. I had mine removed. I had mine removed when I was five years old and they grew back. That is not horrible. That is fucking incredible. That's amazing. They got surgically removed and they grew back, Matt. Tell me that's horrible. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's hurtful. Anyway, Matt, on all of that, I'm a firm believer of a compliment sandwich, so you actually did get me back a little bit with Dr Funk. So good on you. <laughs> good on you there. Um, Matt Stewart, third speaker. Holy shit, where to start? <laughs> I don't even know what you were talking about. Matt at, <laughs> Matt, at one point you said, I almost feel embarrassed to be on this team. Why don't you go all the way, Matt? <laughs> And squirm in the manner that you should. <laughs> now, mostly what I got from your arguments was that you'd read your teammates' signature blocks. Good on you. That's very, very good. Did you learn those comprehension skills during your diploma of Brotech? <laughs> it's, it's almost humiliating at this point being up here uh, doing this because I think uh, Ebony won the debate for us very early on. Very, very early on. Uh, firstly, by stating that bodies make bodies and it's a never-ending, self-perpetuating cycle. Beautiful, full of triple word scores, correct. <laughs> we could have wrapped up the debate right then and there and we could all be home in bed as I speak. Also, Ebony raised the point that humans aren't the only beings that have bodies. And I'd just like to say that I strongly agree with this. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Furthermore, um, Ebony spoke about loving evolution. And I'd just like to say that I also am a long-term fan of evolution. <laughs> But I think we can all agree that Ebony actually won the debate for our team uh, when she brought up marsupials having inbuilt pockets to house their babies' bodies, right? Uh, I was about to pick up my notebook and leave at that point. I'm nearly wrapping up, everyone. You've done such a good job. Thank you. Sorry, this is just a formality now because we all know the result. Um, <laughs> Uh, just to summarise uh, what my esteemed colleague Ben uh, discussed as well. Uh, firstly, yes, Ben is the most beautiful person in the world. <laughs> now, so convincing were Ben's arguments this evening that I heartily laughed along with p-value of zero <laughs> despite having no fucking idea what it means. <laughs> I was wiping away tears. <laughs> now, if Ebony hadn't already won the debate multiple times, 
with the marsupial pockets and the bodies creating bodies, Ben would certainly have won it for our team by bringing up the incredibly important topic of Dracula's body. (laughs) Now, if he hadn't won by bringing up Dracula, the debate would surely have been wrapped up by the sly whisper of a finger blasting. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, good people of hell, (laughs) arrest my case. Bodies are anything but horrible. They're magnificent. They're wonderful. They're creative. They're lovely. And one day I hope the affirmative team grows to love theirs too. Thank you so much. I've been Kirsty Weebeck. Way back. You've had all the evidence uh, placed before you for the two sides of this auspicious debate. Very important uh, that we dedicated our Thursday night to this topic. I'm going to give you a summary of the debate from my end uh, in a second. But before we all switch off and go to sleep, um, do you want to tell us if anyone has any upcoming gigs or podcasts that you'd just like people to, to go to if they wish to hear more of your words of wisdom? We're looking at you, Matt I mean, Stewart. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll, um, I'm doing a live podcast on Monday at the retreat just around the corner of that one that Kirsty was talking about before. I wouldn't talk it up, but Kirsty and she's... <laughs> Very believable person. It's called Who Knew It With Matt's Children. It's on at uh, the retreat on Monday. Lovely. Free. Lovely. I don't know what they pay to come to this, <laughs> but it's even better value over there. <laughs> Statistically accurate. Uh, Matt? Uh, if anyone has untreated resistant hypertension and would like to take part in the clinical trial... <laughs> uh, hit me up. <laughs> Rangi, anything? If anyone wants to come to the Mercy Hospital <laughs> or any of their women's problems, I'll happily see you, despite the fact that women's ho- problems are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Throwing over to you guys. Ebony, anything to, to pitch? Uh, e- Ebony would like to invite you all to um, stick your hand in a marsupial pocket. Uh, With consent. I, I would like you to stick your hand into my <laughs> social media. <laughs> What is your social media? Uh, it's just my name. Okay. <laughs> ben Volchok. <laughs> at, at the most beautiful... No. <laughs> just my name. Can I have it now? <laughs> uh, y- yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just on all social media, at Kirsty Wiebeck. Um, you can join my mailing list if you care about my upcoming tour. Um, that's about it. Thank Beautiful. you. Easy to find. Uh, Kirsty is everywhere. It's wonderful. All right. Just before you make your final judgment upon the people of this stage, uh, I'll just walk you through a quick summary of what everyone covered. Uh, Rangi opened uh, sharing with us the comforting words that she shares with many expectant mothers. Babies are useless parasites. <laughs> went, th- went on to map every stage of life as being horrifying and stopped just short of concluding that death is a mercy. So... <laughs> Thank you, Rangi. Uh, Ebony uh, started with uh, showing that she's an endometriosis apologist. It's a weird way to win friends, I think. Um, she a uh, big, big fan of evolution, quoted from The Origin of Species. Uh, in the break, I went and dug up one of my favourite quotes from The Origin of Species. 
I watched for some time through a lens, but not one excreted. I tickled and stroked them with a hair in the same manner, as well I could, like the ants, but still not one excreted. There's no reason to read you that. I'm just trying to say there's a lot of things in the Origin of Species that are heavily questionable. Hashtag shit Darwin says. I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, Matt Snelson attacked Ebony's credentials like the secure scientist that he is. Uh, He shared with us that before you die, uh, if your intestines are stretched out in front of you, you observe that they're about the length of a tennis court. That is not what I will be focusing on if my intestines are in front of me in a line, Matt. And he really went after fruit bats for some reason. I didn't quite follow that. Uh, Ben Volchak. (laughs) There's not a name for what Ben did. Uh, He will be taking sign-ups for his new body cult in the car park after the debate. Uh, Matt Stewart averaged the qualifications of his team. (laughs) Then he took out babies like a brave man... uh, he declared that all Christians are on his, uh, his team's side, which is always a fascinating move at a science comedy debate. <laughs> he just named bodies of different things for a while, so that's what happened there. Kirsty uh, body shamed the affirmative's body shame <laughs> and revealed that she has a perpetual supply of tonsils. Kirsty will be available for scientific study if anyone in the room, if she finds a break from the comedy. So that's pretty much what happened this evening. If you believe the Corpus Horribilis team, who believe that bodies are horrible, were the superior team this evening, please make some noise. So many limp, sad bodies. Oh my God. If you believe that bodies are not horrible and that negative felt you feeling better about yourself, make some noise! <laughs> one, more, one more time, Elantra, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's a tie, right? <laughs> Normally I'm more scientifically rigorous than this, but I'm just going to declare the negative, the winner of tonight's debate. (laughs) Thank you. Huge round of applause for all of our debaters tonight. Massive thank you to Howler for having us. Beautiful pleasure. Big Rob on sound. Um, If you, for some reason, want to listen to this nonsense again, it will be a podcast on Spotify, Sci-Fi. It will come back at some point. Uh, If you want to sign up for the newsletter, I will not spam you with that many emails. Uh, uh, You can sign up at scifight.com.au. You've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Good night. (laughs) 